Hello, hello, everyone. It is Chris Calvert, and this is Career Goals. And I'm going to be taking you through your fast track for an embalming career, to be an embalmer. And if you're not familiar with that word, that is to work at a funeral home, to be the person who essentially prepares the bodies for a viewing. So that's the person who kind of works in in the back. So embalming is the technique that's used, but they would also be involved in other types of burials. So today we're talking with Valerie Mabry, who is an embalmer in the South, and you'll hear this fantastic little accent. So here we go with your fast track. The first thing I'm going to give you is the idea that we all need to think about of the things that we don't want to think about. And one of the things I think a lot of us don't want to think about is death. It's death and taxes, right? It all comes to all of us. So she gave us a a cool little public service announcement that I'm going to start with the fresh side of, of this, just to give you an idea, like life insurance, stuff that you don't want to think about during the holidays. There's all kinds of things you have to do end of year. Maybe you want to think about this. And a lot of people don't know, but you can call around and price check everything way before you even think about having a funeral. And if you, what they call, make um, pre-need arrangements, which is just way before you need them, it locks in that price. So you can die tomorrow or 20 years from now, and that's the price you pay. That's it. Sounds cool, right? I mean, I think that was great advice. So that's for all of us. So as I'm going through this fast track, I know it's a fast track, we're going to keep moving through very quickly. But I'm going to give you the stepping off points, if you will, because as this conversation progresses, it will get very specific in terms of the kind of work that Valerie does. So you would think about this in terms of if you were going to ask a surgeon about the the things that they were doing specifically in the OR, this is the kind of stuff that might come up in this conversation. So you're not completely at the stepping off point. But if if you are someone who maybe is kind of like this conversation might go in a direction that I'm not super interested in, or I don't know if I can handle, I will give you the absolutely you must step off here clue. So right now you're still fine because Valerie is going to give us an idea of why she does this work. What is fulfilling about this? Every single person that comes in that you need to work on your goal is I want to be able to make you look good so that whenever they say goodbye to you, they're comforted by seeing you in a peaceful and, you know, dignified manner rather than what they may have seen in the hospital or, you know, what they may have imagined that someone looks like, you know, and that, that to me is the most fulfilling part of the job is I can give that to them. Right. Which is really, really amazing when you think about that, because there are so many of us, I, probably would put myself in this category, who are not equipped to do this work. And to be able to to give this service to other people is is really exceptional. And there are people who are equipped and might be you. And and if you are, like just you gotta get if you've ever dealt with someone close to you dying and you are in need of these services, the people at these funeral homes are your your key to survival in those first, you know, few days, a month, whatever it is. And they can make a complete difference in your experience in that transition time. So how about what kind of person you have to be to be able to do this well? Valerie will help us there. I'm really practical. I'm not very emotional as far as, you know, things don't upset me or anger me easily. I might get irritated and roll my eyes, but I'm not like, you know, I don't wear my heart on my sleeve. The whole anatomy of a human doesn't bother me. I can look at it without being disgusted or sickened or scared. It's just, it is what it is. 
All right. So that, that helps, I think. What about the pay? When you're thinking about this, how do you get paid? Well, you definitely aren't doing it for money because we are not highly paid. You do it for the love of the job, just like, you know, teachers. They have some of the crappiest pay in this country, but, you know, the ones who really love it stick with it because, you know, they just love it that much. And that's kind of like what you have to do with this job. It's definitely not for the faint of heart, and it's definitely not for people who are overly sensitive because you would just be depressed all the time. Um, but for those people who aren't super sensitive and, you know, who they aren't just after a paycheck, who really want to make a difference with people who are going through the worst day of their life, you know, it can be a really rewarding and fulfilling career. I'm just so impressed by this conversation. So I know we're on the fast track. I know this has got to go fast. But I also know the conversation that we're talking about and the, the complexity of the issues surrounding this conversation. So please just really reflect on what she just said there. This is for a person who can you know, be in the moment with all that. But the person who's really going to do well outside of just the anatomy and the gore of it, you know, because it's kind of like kind of gory, um, is also someone who can give, who can appreciate the greater good that you're doing to say like, okay, I'm going to do all this stuff. And I'm going to make this person look amazing. And I'm going to make this person look amazing. So that the people sending this person off can feel as good as they possibly can about this transition. And I think she does a great job kind of laying that out for all of us. So how did Valerie get into this? And what was her path? I actually got into it because a friend of mine mentioned it in high school. And like, the more I thought about it, the better it sounded. I was like, yeah, I think I can really do that. That sounds really cool. So we'll get into that more. But she talks about just right out of high school. So then you'll go on and do your associate's degree, which I'll give you some specifics about. And then what does a typical day look like for her in this industry? A lot of the business is hurry up and wait. So you hurry up and get the body. And then you wait for the family to come in. And Got then... It. Family tells you what they want. You hurry up and do it. And then you wait for the clothes to come in. And then the family brings the clothes. And you hurry up and dress them. And then you wait to put them in the casket. Because if you don't wait long enough, they're going to leak. <laughs> that kind right, of thing. Right, yeah. So it's, it's like little bursts of energy all day. It's some days you're just hopping around and running around like a chicken with your head cut off. And other days you're sitting around tapping your fingers on your desk and watching videos on the internet. I thought that was really interesting. I, I would have no concept of that because I wouldn't think about the time frame of these deliveries, if you will, being made to you and everything changes and you have the family and there's decisions to make. And if you've ever been in this situation, you know how difficult it is to make these decisions. And I'm just going to put in this here too, because these are decisions that can all be made ahead of time. When she's talking about doing the price checking on your funeral expenses, you can also write down all the information that how you would like this to go for you if this were to happen to you, whether you're going to be 112 or you know some kind of a different age, which in, in an unfortunate situation. So now I'm, I'm transitioning a little bit here to start getting to some stepping off points. I think you're still good, maybe for the next couple clips, but I will kind of give you the next point where you might want to step off if you need to. But emotionally, I, this is a really big aspect, I would think of this. So she's kind of giving you a sense of who she is. But how would she deal with it emotionally? Is it even an issue? You kind of learn that you have to have a somewhat morbid sense of humor, because it just comes with the job. Like, mm -hmm. you're so exposed to it that it doesn't affect you in a way that it would affect someone else. Like, 
a doctor going in to perform surgery isn't thinking about, oh, God, I have my hands on someone's guts. Right. You know, they're, they're just like, I have a job to do. I'm going to go do it. And then later on, they might crack a joke about it. But, you know, it's not intended to be at all disrespectful. It's just that's how you cope with it. Yeah, I think this is so helpful. This is just so helpful for, I think, if you're going to do this work or if you're going to be involved with someone who's doing this work, just so you can understand the uh, the issues of what this person is, is working with. Okay, so now we're into schooling. What do you need to do? What does it look like for school? I mentioned it's going to be a mortician school, and that's an associate's degree after high school. So here is Valerie giving us an idea about that. When you go through mortuary school, it's generally a two-year program or so, so okay. you get an associate's degree. But, um, you know, you can go on further and get, like, a bachelor's or something, just depending on the school. My school only offered the associate's program. After I finished college, I started my apprenticeship. So then they brought us on payroll, and I think we were getting paid, like, $8, $8.50, something like that. What were you doing for this eight fifty? Oh, my God, everything. We were learning more intense embalming techniques like in school you're in a classroom with a bunch of people whereas when you're in a funeral home it's all on you you know you have to learn to do everything so yeah. um so we were learning how to suture where vessels were located what chemicals to use what not to use you know just all of the practical things about embalming that you don't really learn until you're on your own Helpful. Very helpful. Okay. What about burials? This is something I, again, learned from this conversation, the different types. Here she's talking about that. Mostly we learned the ethics of it and some of the cultural traditions. Like uh, we went over what some of the Orthodox Jews believe in as far as the preparation of the body and what they believe is the right way to do things. Like I want to say they were very adamant about having the body buried within three days. They don't want any of the blood removed, you know, things like that. So, you know, it's just trying to kind of keep people sensitive to other cultures and their traditions. I thought that was so cool. That's something I just hadn't even considered. And what about following school or during school? You know, you'll have that internship. What's that like? We would spend one day every week in um, clinicals one and two. We had one each semester. And um, I want to say it was every Friday we would go and we would visit a funeral home and we would spend basically from 8 a.m. to 3 or 4 p.m. just doing whatever needed to be done. This is cool because she really is giving you an idea of the distinction of the classwork versus this is called like clinical. So you think about it in, in medicine where you go into the field and actually do the work. And so for someone, I think going into this field and specifically wanting to go into the embalming, this is the part that you've kind of been waiting for, you know, like, yes, 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 that's great. I got my anatomy. I got all that stuff. But like, let's get in. Let's, you know, get this work done. Okay, so now she's going to start talking a little bit about some of the classes that she's taking in school. So it's not completely jumping off. If you're doing okay, just, you know, hang in there with us because it's really, really interesting. These are the kinds of classes that you're taking in mortuary school. And then once you get into your core classes, that's like the anatomy and physiology classes. Um, A lot of specialized courses like uh, pathology, microbiology, phenatochemistry. And then we get into like law and ethics, merchandising, business management, accounting, all that. So it just kind of like tries to prepare you as much as possible for every aspect of the business that you may come across, like if you're going to go into a funeral home or even open your own. 
Cool, right? Okay, so what about the labs? What do you do in the labs? If you want to um, mute for this next clip, that might be a good time to take a break. But she's going to talk about specifically what goes on in these labs. You're practicing um, locating the arteries and veins, choosing chemicals, you're suturing, you're aspirating the cavities. Aspirating the cavity is when you take this long, probably about three foot long saber looking needle that's probably about as big around as your thumb and you are puncturing the internal organs with it and sucking out the fluids inside of them. Okay. There was your fair warning on that, but that just gives you an idea. It's like when you think about it though, the, the surgeon or being a nurse or the, a lot of the medical professions, this, this follows right along. It's just a different manifestation of how you work with a human body. So very cool. It's just very different. I don't think many of us get an opportunity to have this level of information and experience. So what about the, the people who come in need of this service? Uh, what does it look like from one to the next? I mean, every body is different. Even if it's, you know, you've got a row full of 90-year-old mammals, each one may embalm differently and have, they're going to have different issues that come with them. And that's something I hadn't even considered at all either. I just figured, I didn't even think about it really. But if you, if I were thinking about it, I would just be like, well, you figure out where this vessel is or this artery or whatever you need and you inject there and that happens. But then you have to think of, you know, some vessels are going to be stiff, some are going to be, you know, pliable. Some are just people are going to take different care of themselves. They're going to have had different operations. They're going to have had different uh, medical conditions in their lives, all these things. And, you know, if you think of like, if you like forensics and all that kind of stuff, this is right up that alley. I mean, it's really cool. She's had, this isn't in the fast track, but a couple instances where you know, the police will be there, the crime scene units, you know, she, she has to wait for the body because it's at, you know, the crime scene. Like, that's a really cool intersection for someone who likes this kind of stuff to think about how diverse your work is going to be every single day. Very cool. Okay, so what about the classes that you're taking in school versus the practical experience? Here's her take on that. You just learn tips and tricks along the way as far as um, the actual practical embalming. Like, I've went through anatomy and all that and I still couldn't tell you where those arteries and such are supposed to lie until I've discovered for myself oh okay if you go between where two muscles meet there's gonna be an artery right underneath that gotcha and so you don't even need to know the names of them just where they're located it's just you know they overcomplicate things I mean classes do prepare you in a way but like everything you learn you really learn on the job the classes are mostly to get to where you can pass the test and that's about it. Which is really cool when she's saying this, because I, I'm thinking as, and reflecting, if you're taking these classes, you're probably going to be taking an anatomy course. It might not be specific to your industry. So they'll have anatomy one and two, and you are going to take that if you're going to be a physical therapist, or if you're going to be a nurse, or if you're going to be an embalmer, or if you're going to be a fire person, right? So there's just a lot of different ways. So it's not necessarily going to apply. And I'm getting the impression talking to Valerie, and I don't know if every person who embalms this way is that they are doers, they want to be the the people doing the work. I don't want to sit and talk about it. I don't want to write papers about it. But I would like to do this work. So she gives you a really good idea of who is successful specifically in the embalming arena. Okay, and then moving on from there, what about the makeup and some of the cool stuff she gets to do with dressing and all that? When I was in mortuary school, we only worked with the thick, opaque mortuary cosmetics. But when I got into funeral homes, they have all these different types of cosmetics, like uh, 
there's this stuff called glow tint, which is a tinted liquid makeup, and all it does is just add a little bit of color, kind of like a tinted moisturizer does, and it doesn't cover up things like freckles and all oh, of that on the face, whereas the opaques would cover it like right. foundation or concealer. This is so neat because she's talking about, you know, we just went from kind of the difficult, for me, maybe it's not for you, the difficult health side of it where you're, you know, getting into these cavities and dealing with fluids and all that. And then you have this nice person in front of you that that now she gets to do the makeup and really start to do this um, aspect of that she's talking about being so fulfilling of the presentation, because that's really where it's at for the family is in the presentation and just making this person look as good as they possibly can for for the family and for their friends, their loved ones. So how stressful is this? I, of course, would think that this would be stressful, but that's Hector Projector for you. What does Valerie have to say about the stress level? I find funeral directing stressful. Embalming is very relaxing for me. Funeral directing is like herding cats without a water gun. Families usually tend to be very chaotic. They're confused. They're going through a lot of emotions. They're not thinking straight. So you've got to kind of like grab them by the hand and be like, okay, we got to do this now. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? You know, that kind of thing. Figure out what they want and hopefully do it in a way that is meaningful to them without making you want to pull your hair out. (laughs) It's a lot more emotional. It's a lot of high stress because there's all these things you have to remember to do. And to me, it's just, I'd much rather be in the back where I know what I'm doing all the time and any kind of problem can be fixed. Whereas, you know, if you upset a family, that may or may not be able to be fixed. They may be mad at you forever. That was really, really interesting. And you can listen in there for how she distinguishes the business aspect of this work from the practical work aspect. So in hers, the practical work aspect would be the embalming in the back. And the business aspect would be the front, the funeral director or the the people in dealing directly with the family. Very, very important. A lot of times that person can do both. You know, she has been asked to be on the funeral directing side because she's trained for it. She's been gone to school for it. She has education supporting that. But that's not her love. That is not what she does well in. So to know, even if you're a person who doesn't really love all the anatomy aspect of it, you might do exceedingly well on the personal side of it and supporting these families and, you know, getting them from A to B like she's talking about. Those are, that's a very different skill set, I think, than... Um, well, you just have to add, you know, that's a different person who can do that versus um, someone who can do embalming. That's just a very different skill set for someone who's doing the embalming compared to doing the funeral directing. You could have both skill sets, but just to know that those are very different jobs that they're asking you to do in a funeral home. And finally, just to end on a positive note, Valerie was so just lovely to talk to because she really loves her work. And I just want to emphasize how cool it is to be talking to someone. It doesn't matter what your job is. If you are loving it, it is you are a reflection in the world that helps all of us. So Valerie loves what she does. And I'm just going to end on her talking about her job. I love everything about the embalming process and dressing them and putting them in the casket and everything. Everything. So there you have it. That is your fast track to be an embalmer, to possibly work in a funeral home, or to get a whole sense of what this industry is about. Again, I am Chris Calvert, and you have been listening to Career Goals. We will see you next time. Thank you.